Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids, a show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. Hey there, my future paleontologists. Hope you're all doing well. It is a new month. It is April. And I hope you all had a good start to your month. Today, it is April the 5th, the year 2021. I have to remind myself what year it is because, as you all know, in one of my previous podcasts, I thought it was 2012. I guess I'm just kind of living in a different time period than everyone else. I'm a time traveler. Okay, I'm not a time traveler. So, let's get into this thing. First, I want to tell you that the podcast continues to grow. We have now been downloaded over 32,000 times, and our podcast is heard in 75 countries across the world in nearly 2,000 different cities. So I'm very, very, very pleased with what is going on with our podcast. And I'm having so much fun doing it. I really enjoy this a lot. And I get so many nice letters and comments from you. And I'm, I'm glad that so many of you enjoyed as well. A couple of shout outs first to all of my new Patreon club members and all of my existing Patreon club members. That group is growing exponentially too. It's just so neat to see it growing the way it is. A lot of members. And you know, the best part about the Patreon club is how nice everybody is to each other. We have members that are in their 20s. We have members that are four years old. But what's so nice, and everything in between, what's so nice about the group is everybody is so kind to each other. Everybody is is so nice, and it just, it's just such a fun club to be a part of. So I hope you will consider becoming a member as well. It's a fun place. It's a safe place, and it's it's an enjoyable place. All right, so uh, some other shout-outs. Last week, I had the opportunity to teach Upshawa Elementary, which is located in West Milford, New Jersey. Had a great time with your students. Had a great time. You have a great school, and I hope you enjoyed it. Also from New Jersey, I spoke at Vineland Charter School, which was also a lot of fun. Had so much fun with the students and, and so smart. The kids are so smart. So thank you, everybody in New Jersey, which has really come on strong as a place that hires me to speak to their schools through virtual, of course. So that was really great. And then I want to give a special shout out to Torsten, whose birthday was this past Saturday. And Torsten was nice enough to have me speak to all of his classmates that we did two shows, one on the subject is what, of what is a dinosaur and the other on Tyrannosaurus Rex. And of course, every time I asked a question, Torsten's hand went up. He could have answered every single question, but we had to give some of the other kids a chance, Torsten. 
So the reason why we didn't call on you every single time is because we wanted to give other kids a chance. I knew you knew the answers every time your hand went up. I knew you knew the answer. And it was probably driving you crazy because you wanted to answer everything. But I just want you to know, buddy, I knew and your teachers knew you knew the answers to everything. So I hope you had a good birthday. And Torsten, thank you for letting me see your classmates. That was a lot of fun. And then finally, shout out to my buddy, Rody, who lives out near where I grew up in Hondo, Texas. Rody is a good friend. He's been a good friend for a long time. Uh, Rody, I enjoy hearing from you, and uh, I just wanted to give you a shout out and tell you that uh, I sure enjoy our friendship. All right. Speaking of shout outs, I'm jumping over now to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. This this is becoming a blast as well. Really having a good time over here uh, because we encourage you to post pictures. I give you challenges of what I want you to post. And you did. So we're going to go down the list real quick. First, I want to say that this one came from the Chadwell family. And this is a cool scene where they put two different animals, toys, into a scene. They were in Rocky Mountain National Park, which is really cool. But they've got what looks like a Spinosaurus and a Stegosaurus. Spinosaurus is in the water. Stegosaurus is on the shore. It's a really cool picture. Very, very nice picture. Whoever did the photography did a great job. So to the Chadwell family, shout out to you and your family, and thank you for doing that. That is crazy cool. And then Caitlin Raptor sends me at Caitlin, one of my favorites. Caitlin is also a Patreon member. Caitlin is wearing this big T-Rex skull with bunny ears. <laughs> And she wrote, Happy East Roar. <laughs> That's great. Caitlin, here's your virtual hug. Caitlin and I give virtual hugs every time we see each other. Caitlin, that is the best. Happy East Roar. <laughs> That's really good. That's great. Okay, let's see. Um, ooh, here's one from Oliver who wanted to show me their chalk dinosaur drawings these are really great let's see it looks like oh these are i I see an ankylosaurus uh let's see what else can i make out uh looks like a tyrannosaurus rex looks like a spinosaurus one even looks like either that's a big long neck sauropod or a giant snake but thank you so much mom or dad or whoever posted the picture uh miss courtney thank you very much these look great oliver good job that's excellent. Oliver, um, I didn't know you were such a good artist. Maybe I need to get you to come and uh, draw a picture on my lawn so that it would look so incredibly cool. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, Noah, uh, I, I, I mentioned the uh, I mentioned the diorama, the picture of the uh, Spinosaurus and the uh, Stegosaurus that was sent in by Noah who is a six-year-old dinosaur lover, and his mom or dad posted a really cool picture that he drew. Noah, this is great. Uh, Indominus Rex. You did a great Indominus Rex. Looks like a raptor Carnotaurus. There you go. I asked you to draw an image or post a picture of Carnotaurus. There it is. Good job, Noah. That gets you a special shout-out, buddy. And then, Ollie Fox's Carnotaurus. 
Little Ollie drew an awesome Carnotaurus with a big, long tail, very long legs. Good job, Ollie. Good job on the long legs and the small arms. That is great. And Ollie's mom said, I've been asked 25 times if I'd share Ollie's Carnotaurus. So here it is. Mom, seriously? After the 24th time, did you think it was going to end? You should have posted it on the 24th time, and then there wouldn't have been a 25th. Come on, Mom. You got a job. to. You had one job, Mom. You have nothing else in your life to worry about than posting this picture, and you waited for 25 requests. That's okay, but Mom, we're all keeping an eye on you. Moving forward, I'm going to expect you to make sure to post it earlier than after 25 requests. <laughs> All right, let's see. Here's one from Woolsey family. Uh, in his Easter candy, William found an egg that looked like it was from a meat eater because it was skinny and an egg that it looked like a plant eater because it was round. I am so proud of you, William. I am so proud of you for recognizing the different shapes. That's great. I am Oh, I'm so proud of you. And you're wearing a super cool dinosaur shirt in this picture. That is the coolest thing ever. A long egg from a carnivore, a round egg from an herbivore. That is great. Ali, I think, I mean, Ali, uh, William, what I think we need to do is you need to send those plus all of your other Easter candy, mail it to me, and I will research all of it to see what else you have. <laughs> But if you have any of those licorice flavored jelly beans, you can keep those, William. You can keep those. But I want to taste, I mean, I want to inspect everything else that you got. So proud of you, William. Good boy. All right. Uh, Alston, who is six, made a volcano scene. Now, this is cool. Let's see what you've got. Looks like a Rex. Looks like a Demetrodon. Looks like, is that a Spinosaurus? I can't tell. Looks like a little Ankylosaur. Looks like a Pterosaur. This looks like it's made out of sand or dirt or mud. And this is really nice. He made a diorama. Uh, this is really, really good. I don't know what kind of material that is, but I like it a lot. But made a volcano and put animals around it. Uh, David, thank you for sending this. Alston, what a good job. I'm very proud of you. All right, here's one from, uh, let's see, Hi Dinosaur George. We're in Melbourne, Australia, and love your podcast on Carnotaurus. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. So we're glad we stumbled across your channel and are looking forward to catching up on all your previous podcasts. I hope you do, you guys. I hope you do. My five-year-old son, Ayanch, wants to share a photo of his newly acquired Carnotaurus. He noticed that the arms looked a little longer than what you described on your podcast, so he reckons that his toy is the great-great-great-grandfather of my Carnotaurus. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Ayanch, hey, I hope I pronounced your name correctly. I'm sure that's correct. Ayanch, hey, what a great observation. In this toy, he posted a picture of his toy. The arms are a little long. But because you listened to the podcast, you heard me say that its ancestors' arms were long, but they continued to get smaller. And that's why he reckoned 
that this toy is the great, great, great grandfather of the Carnotaurus I was talking about. What a great observation. For five years old, that's incredible. Shout out. Shout out to my good buddy and his parents for being so kind to post that picture. So proud of you. Okay, this one comes from the Montemayor family. Hi, Dinosaur George. I made a Brachiosaurus terrarium today and wanted to show you. I was wondering how they got so big since they're only herbivores. Also, I wanted to say thank you for the shout out on your other podcast. I told all my friends at school about it. Harper, age four. Harper, you made a super cool terrarium. That is so cool. And I'm glad you liked your shout out. And I'm glad you told your friends because now all your friends are like, did you guys hear? This is the way kids talk. Did you guys hear that Harper is a superstar and everybody all over the world knows her? And Harper, you're like, uh, yes, that's me. Thank you very much. I am a superstar. <laughs> did, did you like my imitation of your classmates, Harper? Is that what they sound like? I hope that's not what they sound like, Harper. Oh, what a beautiful terrarium. What a beautiful terrarium. That is so awesome. So, why? how did they get so big since they were only herbivores? Well, the reason why they got so big, Harper, is because there was so much food to eat. They could eat all they wanted, and they just continued to grow bigger and bigger and bigger. So that's how they got to be so big. But I love your terrarium. That is, that's really nice. That's really, really nice. And I really like your dinosaur shirt. And I like that you even have bed sheets from Jurassic Park. How amazing is that? Harper, you're the best. So you get a second shout out. A second shout out. Congratulations, my little friend. All right. Corpin family. Hello, thank you for accepting me, Dino George Kids. Hey, listen, we're glad to have you, Max. Max is eight years old from the Philippines and says, I like dinosaurs and I drew some. Max, welcome to the group. It is my pleasure to have you part. So let's take a look at these pictures. So Max created a dino manual, which is really cool, with an ankylosaurus on the front and looks like an erupting volcano. I like that very much. And then... Max drew the in Indoraptor. Whoa, nice teeth. Nice, sharp claws. Good, good uh, imagery. Then Dilophosaurus. Dil oh, and there's even meat and bones around it. Looks like he just ate his dinner. Then he has a, a, a diorama with, it looks like, uh, is that Giganotosaurus? And, and is it, oh, wow. And it looks like, is that Argentinosaurus next to it? Wow. And then he's got a sign, he's got a cage or a big fenced in area that says caution and Dominus Rex cage. Whoa. Wow. You definitely want to stay away from that thing. That is great. Very, very good. Max, welcome to the group. I'm glad to have you with us. And I'm glad that you are in the Philippines and that you are joining us. And then my favorite kid, Amanda. Amanda has been a long, long time friend and is also a member of our Patreon club. And she's very active on Patreon. One of the things, Amanda, I want to tell you is how proud I am when you make comments on other people's comments. You're very supportive, very proud of you for being that way. 
You have good parents. So Amanda drew a Carnotaurus. I asked everyone to either draw a picture of a Carnotaurus or show me a picture in a book or show me your toy. And she went right down and drew a Carnotaurus, made its legs long and gave tiny arms and even drew a pterosaur in the background. Love it. That's really great, Amanda. Amanda, what am I saying? It's not Amanda. It's it's Hennessy. Amanda is your mom. Hennessy, I'm looking at these pages as they go by. I can't. I was calling you mom. It's Hennessy, not Amanda. Hennessy. All right. So let's see. Here's another one. Hello, Dinosaur George. Darko wanted to show you how he's learning about paleontology. He's looking at his dinosaurs, including Carnotaurus, under the microscope and recording his findings. Look forward to your next lesson. Darko, what a great scientific thing you are doing, my little friend. This is great. He has a notebook. A scientist always keeps a notebook. He is looking at his dinosaur toys, and he's making notes about them in his book. Darko, there's one thing I want you to remember to do. You may already be doing this, but I want you to remember, and this is very important. Always write the date at the top of each page on the day that you did your work. It's important because when you fill up your notebook, your mom or your dad or your grandma or your grandpa, somebody's going to take that book and put it away and keep it for you. And when you become an adult, one day you're going to find that book. You're going to want to know the day. Because that's going to be so important. But that's also good science. So for all of you, if you have a notebook and you keep your notes in it or your drawings in it, always practice writing the date. And if you really want to be cool, write the time. So proud of you, Darko. That's such good work. Nicely done. Okay, this is from uh, uh, Captain Elizabeth. My kiddos completed their art assignment from your latest podcast, Carnotaurus versus DG. Hey, now wait a minute, Everett. You little stinker. Uh, Okay, thank you. I just finished reading. Said, don't worry, you win this time. All right, Everett. I take back that you're a little stinker. But if you would have made that Carnotaurus eat me, you are in big trouble, mister. And then Scarlet drew a Brachiosaurus. These are, let's expand these. Oh, very good. The author was Everett and the illustrator was Everett. It's got Carnotaurus, nice big horns, nice long legs, small arms. And then it has a picture of Dinosaur George wearing boxing gloves, and it says, I win. Okay, you are so lucky, kid. You are so lucky that you didn't make me get eaten. I'm sorry that I called you a little stinker. Next time, you better make sure I don't get eaten. And then Scarlet with a beautiful, I like the red colors. A beautiful, beautiful long-necked dinosaur, Brachiosaurus. Good job, you two. Here comes your special shout-out. And then Avi, my friend Shree, Avi, was so excited to get his raptor claw and T-Rex tooth. Avi became a Tyrannosaurus member, and his mom was nice enough to post pictures of him. He's holding his gifts. If you become a Tyrannosaurus member, you get a T-Rex tooth and a raptor claw replica. And Avi's holding his little signed autograph picture that you get that as well from me. Oh, I'm so glad you're part of the group, Avi. You're going lo- to enjoy it. I promise you, you're going to love it. What a great smile. What a great smile. That's great. Okay, what else have we got? Uh, this is from Tiffany By- uh, Byron. 
Phoenix, age seven, created a dinosaur diorama, and she wanted to share it with you, Dinosaur George. She also wanted to share she loves your podcast. We listen every morning. Well, guess what, Phoenix? You have your own special shout-out. Here, I'm going to give you a shout-out dinosaur noise. Okay, yeah, that was supposed to be a dinosaur noise. Wasn't that great? Okay, you better not be laughing, Phoenix, because that was a great dinosaur sound. Okay, I just blew air through a tube of paper, but that's okay. So (laughs) I'm glad, and I'm glad you listen every morning, and I hope when you hear this one, you hear your name and you go, uh, Mom, I am now a superstar, and so uh, I'm going to need special treatment. I'm going to need somebody to be my chauffeur to take me where I want. I'm going to need somebody to cook for me. I'm going to need somebody to clean up after me. Oh, wait a minute. That's already your job. Well, you're welcome, Mom, because you are working for a superstar. So let's look at this cool diorama. And it's 3D, which is really cool. You've got pterosaurs hanging from the ceiling. I like the backdrop. You've got, oh, man, there looks like a triceratops. It looks like you've got raptors. You've got all kinds of dinosaurs. I love, love, love your diorama. That's great. Good job, Phoenix. And I love your name, by the way. Okay, uh, the Reeves family, Joshua, age nine, created this scene of Carnotaurus attacking a Therizinosaurus. Wow, I wish you guys could see this. It's a purple Carnotaurus eating a green Therizinosaurus. This is brilliant. Joshua, nice job. For all of you guys, got to make sure to go to the, uh, to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page, a group, and see all these pictures. They're great. Good job. Shout out to you, Joshua. Nicely done. Basuki, six years old, playing with his dinosaurs in the backyard. Okay, these are just so cool. These are just the coolest things I've ever seen. They're such good images. There's Carnotaurus, two Carnotauruses, an adult and a juvenile. And these these scenes look so neat. They're, They're around the plants, so the toys look real. Great job, Basuki. Good job. Very proud of you. All right, uh... Midhad, age six, drew a Carnotaurus. Midhad, ah, this is a good car. I love your colors. Love your colors. Blue head, nice long legs, tiny arms, long tail, big horns. You nailed it. You nailed it, my little friend. You nailed it. Proud of you. Here's your shout out, Midhad. Very impressed. Very impressed, buddy. That is just, that's so cool. All right, let's see. Uh, Oh, three-year-old Shay made a Carnotaurus and Velociraptor out of Legos all by himself. Oh, I am so proud of you. And by the way, I'm going to be interviewing you sometime soon. You're going to be on a podcast. Just to let you know, Seamus is one of our uh, T-Rex members, and his name came up on the wheel. And that means he gets to be interviewed for a pot a podcast and i like that carnotaurus a lot i even like the orange horns you put on his head good job shay good job i'm very proud of you here's your shout out elias age five from austin texas took his this picture of a drawing he made of carnotaurus with the carnotaurus standing on it he says thank you for mentioning me in your last podcast i was sitting on the saltosaurus eggs to keep them warm okay thank you for clearing that up for me elias 
I had no idea why you were sitting on Saltosaurus eggs, but now I know. You were keeping them warm, and that was very kind of you. And I like this drawing. You've got a really cool Carnotaurus, and your drawing is super cool. Shout out to you, Elias. Very proud of you. All right. The Paradis family, Aiden, age six, wanted to share his Carnotaurus. He is enjoying the podcast. Aiden, this is a great, great drawing. Like your colors, like the spots, long legs, big horns, tiny arms. Very, very proud of you. That is a good job. That's a good job, Aiden. Here's your shout out, my friend. I'm so proud of you. Nicely done. Okay, let's see. Okay, uh, this is from the Burns family. This is a pod. Oh, they just posted that they found a silly podcast that they wanted to share. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. I appreciate you you doing that. Let's see. What else have we got? We've got, oh, JW Thomas. This is great. He posted a question. Which side are you on? Godzilla or Kong? Why did you have to ask me that? Why did you have to ask me that? I can't pick a side. It's too hard. I love them both. JW, stop putting me in these difficult situations. All right. <laughs> uh, this is from Rosie, age eight, who would like to share a drawing of Titanoboa. Rosie and her brother Frankie, Teddy and Charlie are obsessed with dinosaurs and listen to your podcast every day. They would love a shout out. Well, there's no way. There is no way I'm going to give a shout out to Rosie, Frankie, Teddy and Charlie. Do you think? Okay. I just gave you a shout out. There you go, you little stinkers. You got a shout out. And Rosie, love, love. Wait a minute. Just one minute here. Okay. Okay. I just took a closer look at your picture. You little stinker. I'm inside the stomach of a Titanoboa screaming for help. You little stinker, Rosie. You sneak that in on me. Okay. I'm going to watch for you, kid. That was very, very cool. <laughs> that was absolutely cool. All right. Uh, Uhtred is listening to the Carnotaurus episode and set up a battle. Looks like all of his dinosaurs are attacking his Carnotaurus. Uhtred, this is a great... There, everybody's attacking him. Poor Carnotaurus is being assaulted by everybody. That looks so cool. All right, my friends, that is all the shout outs for all of you. I hope uh, those that took the time to post pictures and such did it. I hope you guys all enjoyed it very much. Let me take a little short break. And when I come back, we are going to get to our feature creature. Now you can bring Dinosaur George into your classroom, home, or facility anywhere in the world with our virtual lessons. We offer over 15 different topics, including dinosaurs, prehistoric mammals, rocks and minerals, and more. Any age, any location, and any time zone. Visit us at DinosaurGeorge.com. It's time for our feature creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature. This podcast feature creature is going to be a family, the pterosaurs. 
Let me start off by saying that if you call them pterodactyls, that is perfectly fine. That is simply a nickname. That is not the name of any one animal. Remember, I've told you in other podcasts how scientists put things into groups. Well, pterodactyl or pterosaur, the proper word is pterosaur. That's the name of a family. And all of the flying reptiles fit into that family. It's kind of like the word dog. Remember, I've used this before. Dog is the name we give to the family and all the different kind of dogs fit in that family. But there is not an animal named dog. There's not an animal named dog. Whales are the same thing. Within the family of whales, there are all kinds of members. Gray whale, humpback whale, blue whale. But there is no animal named whale. That's not its name. That's the name of the family it belongs to. So, pterosaur is the name of the family. Now, I also told you that scientists put things into smaller and smaller groups based on the similarities between them. That means how they look. Let's look at humans. We are humans, right? So we fit into the family of humans. Now, humans are mammals. So that puts our family into a bigger group with other mammal families like bears and lions and cows and wolves. They're also mammals. Now, we're not a wolf, but we are a mammal. So humans fit into the big family of mammals. Well, pterosaurs is the big family, and we break that down into two smaller groups. So let's talk about humans again. We're in the giant family of mammals. Then we're in the family of humans. So with pterosaurs, there's the giant family of pterosaurs. And then there are two different groups of pterosaurs. Before I tell you those, because they're big words and they're hard to explain, let me say a couple of things about pterosaurs. Now, remember I said some people call them pterodactyls. That's okay. That's just a nickname. It does, you know, just so that you know, if you call them, I still call them pterodactyls. Sometimes when I talk about them, I still call them pterodactyls because that's the word I always used. But there is no animal named pterodactyl. There is no animal named pterodactyl. There is an animal named pterodactylus. Pterodactylus is the name of an animal but it's not named pterodactyl. Pterodactyls are not dinosaurs. Pterodactyls are not birds. They are something completely different. They are flying reptiles. They don't fit into the family of dinosaurs. They are flying reptiles. Now, in the family, the big, the great big giant family of reptiles, Dinosaurs fit in the giant family, but so do crocodiles and snakes and lizards. Turtles, they all fit into the giant family of reptiles, but then they have their own family groups. Snakes are a family. Turtles are a family. 
pterosaurs are a family. So even though they lived at the time of the dinosaurs, they're not dinosaurs. They're not flying dinosaurs. They are flying reptiles. They're, they're, they're closer to a lizard. So now let's talk about those two groups I told you about. The main group is called the pterosaurs. And then we divide them into two different families. Pterodactyloids and rampharynchoids. Uh, those are big names. Let me try it again. Pterodactyloid and rampharynchoid. If you are listening right now, I want you to repeat after me. Pterodactyloid. Good job. I could hear you, by the way. And now say this name. Rampharynchoid. There you go. Now, those are the two smaller families of the pterosaurs. So let's start with the big one, the rampharynchoids. Now, these were the first members of the pterosaur family. They have teeth and they have long tails. And they were relatively small. So the rampharynchoids are the smaller ones with the long tails and the teeth. If you have toys of pterosaurs, if your pterosaur has a long tail, then you know it belongs to the rampharynchoid group. Now let's talk about the pterodactyloids. These are the big ones. Now, most of them do not have teeth. Most pterodactyloids do not have teeth. Some do, but most don't. They do not have long tails. And most of them have really cool-looking crests on their head. A crest is like the, the long thing that sticks off their head. There are some crazy cool crests, and they almost all belong to the pterodactyloid family. So if you have pterodactyl toys, here is your next project. If you don't, here's your next drawing project. I would like for you to take a picture of your pterodactyl toys. If you have those with a long tail, I want you to set them to one side and put your pterosaurs in the other side so you can divide them. If you don't have any with long tails or if they all have long tails, you can keep them all together. But those are the animals. And I am going to spell those two words for you just so that you have them. Parents, you may have to rewind this to get this, but here we go. How do you spell rampharynchoid? It's spelled R-H-A-M-P-H-O-R-Y-N-C-H-O-I-D-S. Rampharynchoids. And here's how to spell pterodactyloids. It starts with the letter P, but the P doesn't make any sound in this name. It's silent. So it's spelled P-T-E-R-A-D-A-C-T-Y-L- O I D S Pterodactyloids. Isn't that crazy? So, if you're going to draw me a picture, I want you to draw me a picture of a pterodactyloid and a rampharynchus. I'm a rampharynchoid. If you don't, if you can't find them, no big deal. Draw any pterosaur you want to draw. 
or post any picture of a pterosaur. But that is your project for everyone. Make sure you go to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, join the group, and post your pictures. So let's talk about pterosaurs, how big and small they were. The smallest pterosaurs were only 10 inches wide. That's 25 centimeters. Find a ruler and look how small that is. Now, the big ones, they could grow to be 36 feet wide. That's 11 meters. So that's longer, longer than probably your car. So the pterosaurs came in all shapes and sizes, but they didn't weigh very much. Even the giant ones didn't weigh a lot. They were sort of built like a giant kite. Pterosaurs are found all over the world. You find pterosaurs in South America, Africa, North America, Asia, Europe, Australia, I think Antarctica. Pterosaurs lived everywhere. And sometimes they always show pictures of them living by the water. That's not true. Yes, a lot of them did live near the ocean by the water, but that's not true. They lived all over the world. They didn't just live along the shore of the ocean. They lived everywhere. So they lived all over the world. It didn't matter. Now, they first show up in the late Triassic period and survive all the way to the end of the Cretaceous period. They show up 228 million years ago, and they last all the way to 66 million years at the end of the Cretaceous. When dinosaurs, when terrestrial dinosaurs went extinct, so did the pterosaurs. They died out with the dinosaurs. That's why people think they're a dinosaur. That's not true. They lived with them, but they're not a dinosaur. So they lived for a very long time. Now, remember, the Ramphorhynchoids were the first ones, and then the pterodactyls come along, and they're the ones that become giant in size. They are quadrupeds. That means they walked on all four legs. They didn't fly everywhere they go. They could walk. They actually found footprints of a pterosaur. That's how we know it walked on four legs. So the big question is, how did they hunt? What did they eat? Well, we know their diet was fish, little mammals, little reptiles, small dinosaurs, insects, squid. They may have even eaten each other. They were carnivores, so they ate whatever they could catch. But how did they do it? Well, the little ramphorhynchoids probably could catch insects pretty easily because they're small and they're very aerodynamic. That means they can fly really easily. They could change directions. I think they were mostly eating insects. And that's why most of them had teeth because it's hard to grab something small. You want to make sure if you grab it, it can't get away. So you stab it with your long, skinny, tiny little teeth. Now, the bigger pterodactyloids, they may have been eating bigger things like baby dinosaurs or anything they could catch. So if they were flying around and they looked down and they saw an unguarded nest with babies in it, oh, trust me, they're going to land and eat every baby. What a shame. But we don't know how they hunted. Did they fly and did they, did they swim along the water? And uh, if they saw a fish, they'd grab it real fast. I don't know. I don't know if they could do that or not. It is a mystery of how they hunted their food. I just don't know. I wish I did, but I don't. They all had hollow bones like a kite. They could fly, they could float in the air, not float like a balloon filled with helium, but I mean, if the wind was blowing a little bit, they could just keep their arms open. They didn't have to flap. They could just glide. 
They even had little air sacs in their body like a bird does, where the air sat there and made them even lighter. And by the way, they laid eggs. But the eggs are like sea turtle eggs. They were soft. They didn't have a hard shell like a bird. Their eggs were soft, and that means they didn't weigh very much. And that means when the mom had eggs inside of her, she could still fly around easily because the eggs weren't making her too heavy to fly. Because the eggs didn't have a heavy shell. They were a soft shell. How do we know this? Because they found the fossilized eggs of a pterosaur, and we can see that they were soft-shelled eggs, not hard-shelled. But the coolest thing about these pterosaurs are the crests on their head and their wings. We don't know for sure what the crests were for. Some people, me included, think that they may have used their heads like a rudder. And what I mean by a rudder is on a boat. When a boat changes direction, there's a little flat thing in the back that changes the direction and it makes the water push the boat around a different way. That's a rudder. Well, that's what I think these big pterosaurs had on their head. If they turned their head, that would change the wind and get them to change directions. That's what I think they used them for. Of course, many scientists believe they were used to attract attention. If you're flying, you want another animal to see you from a long way off, to see your big crest, to know who you are. That way, if you are a cousin or a a brother or sister, you can spot them from a long way and it'll help you find your friends or a future girlfriend or boyfriend. But nature usually doesn't have one thing. Like, for instance, nature didn't give us hands so that we could wear gloves. (laughs) Nature gave us hands so that we could do all kinds of things with them. So I think the crest was not just for one thing, for attracting a mate. I think it served another purpose. And in my opinion, I think it kind of helped it steer. I could be wrong, but that's the fun thing about paleontology is that we don't always have all the answers. And now let's talk about the wing. What a weird wing. It has some of the same bones that you and I have in our arm. The bone by its body is called the humerus. You have a humerus. If you don't know where your humerus is, try to look it up online and you can see. Then there are two lower arm bones, one called the radius, one called the ulna. You have two bones in your lower arm. That's your radius and your ulna. You have two bones there. And then from there, it gets kind of weird. It has four fingers. Now, you can call them digits. You can call them fingers. But the proper scientific word is phalange. Phalange. That's the word used when you're talking about the hand and the fingers on the hand. Those are phalanges. And on a pterosaur, it had four. It had three that when it walked, it walked on those three. Its fourth finger is what made the super long wing. That's one giant long finger. That's how the wing was. It's its fourth finger. For you and I, that means it's ring finger. If your parents are married or if you know somebody who's married, It is tradition to wear the wedding ring on your fourth finger, your ring finger. That's why it's called the ring finger. If your parents wear a wedding ring, it would be on their ring finger. 
All right, if you have somebody in the family, if your mom or dad, tell you what, here's your next project. When this podcast is over, or you can stop it right now and come back and listen to it, walk up to your mom and say, Mom, may I please see your hand? I need to look at your fourth phalange because I want to make sure you're not a pterodactyl. Now, if your mom's ring finger is like longer than her whole body, then your mom is a pterodactyl. I don't know if you know that or not, but if your mom's ring finger is longer than her whole body, you have a pterodactyl mom. So, now that you've driven your parents crazy by asking them if they're pterodactyls, let's get back to learning. So, it actually has four fingers, four digits, four phalanges. When it walks, its fourth finger, the wing finger, it folds it up next to its arms so that it could walk around on four legs. It walked around on its back legs and its front feet. That's how it walked. And the wings kind of stuck up in the air. But when it wanted to fly, it would spray, straighten out its arms, straighten out its ring finger, and off it would fly. Now, the, it was skin. Its wings were made of skin, not feathers. Its wings were made of skin. And it's so cool because... There were little thin fibers that ran through it to make those wings super strong. They didn't tear very easily. Sometimes in shows like old movies, they always show that the pterodactyl's wing just splits like a piece of plastic, but that's not, that's not true. Their wings were actually very sturdy. All right. That is our feature creature, the pterosaurs. I hope you learned something new. Now, I'm going to take another short break, and when I come back, we're going to do the Ask Dinosaur George. Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun. We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. Do you have any questions about dinosaurs? Just ask Dinosaur George. You can post your questions on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page or click on the Dinosaur George podcast page at DinosaurGeorge.com. Questions are chosen at random and you can submit as many as you want. And now, here's Dinosaur George. All right, this first question comes from my little buddy, Hennessy, who I called by her mom's name earlier. Hennessy, you got to forgive me for that. And don't tell your mom because she'll laugh and make fun of me. All right, here we go. Hennessy, a Patreon club member, says, would pterosaurs like Ramphorhynchus fly in packs? What a great question, Hennessy. I, I don't think they did. Hennessy, here's why I don't think they did. Animals that hunt in packs usually do that so that they can capture bigger prey. But Ramphorhynchus has such a small mouth and such tiny, sharp little teeth, it probably could only eat insects and maybe fish. Now, is it possible that they hunted cooperatively, meaning a group of them would fly together to maybe 
herd fish into a shallow area or maybe drive insects into a shallow? You know what? They might could do that, Hennessy. I, I need to rethink this. I think they certainly could. But one of the difficult things when you're hunting in a group is if you're flying, you can run into each other pretty easily because everybody's zipping around. Maybe they probably were better hunting by themselves. Can anybody think of any birds that hunt in a group in the air? There are animals like grackles. Those are big blackbirds that live here in Texas. They walk together through the weeds and it makes little insects try to run away and then they catch and eat the insects. So they're kind of hunting together, but they don't do it in the air. I think it would be too difficult to do it in the air. I think it'd be hard because they'd be running into each other. But that's a still a very good question. All right, let's see. Uh, uh, Kalanodon. I love that name, Callan. One of the cool things about being a Patreon member is everybody gets to give themselves a nickname. So Patreon club member Kalanodon. Callan, great name. Would like to know what my favorite dinosaur is after Allosaurus. Well, what a nice question to ask. Uh, my favorite after Tyrannosaurus would either be Deinonic, I mean, Allosaurus would be Deinonychus or Utah Raptor. I like them a lot. But boy, let me tell you, I'm really, really, really getting into Ankylosaurs. But for right now, I'm going to have to say it would be Deinonychus and then it would be Utah Raptor. That would be the order. All right, Gabe, uh, patron member Gabe says, is Utah Raptor as big as blue from Jurassic World? Yeah, you know, Gabe, that's a pretty close size comparison. Uh, uh, blue from Jurassic World. Of course, they call it Velociraptor. We all know it's not. It's too big. But yeah, you know what? Utah Raptor would probably be as close to that animal as as any other raptor. That's a that's a that's a good observation, Gabe. I like that. All right, let's see. This next one says, "Hello, Dinosaur George. My name is Mark, and I am six from New Jersey. Hey, Mark. I bet you were at one of the schools I was speaking to." Uh, Mark says, I love your podcast and recently became a Patreon member. Mark, welcome to the club, buddy. Uh, I am sending you some drawings I did. Uh, yesterday and today I drew a uh, Corythosaurus, Parasaurolophus, Stegosaurus, oh, Stegoceratops. Oh, nice. And Ankylosaurus. I hope you like the drawings and I'm looking forward to the next podcast lesson. Well, Mark, listen, I saw your drawings and I liked them a lot. They were great. And I'm I'm getting ready to post our next lesson uh, dates. So watch your Patreon page. You'll be getting them very soon. Okay, this is from uh, Devanch, age 10, from Plano, Texas. Where do you find fossils? Also, you are the best paleontologist. What a nice thing to say, Devanch. You know, I, I try not to ever call myself a paleontologist. Here's why. Yes, it's what I've studied. I've studied paleontology my entire adult life. I could probably teach a course at college, but I did not go to college to get my degree. And for me, it, it, I don't think it's fair for me to call myself a paleontologist because for the people that went to college, they deserve that title. And so I, as much as I appreciate you saying that, um, I just wanted everybody to know I, it's very important to go to college if you want to be a paleontologist. And they earned that name. And so I don't use paleontologist for myself, but people assume I am a paleontologist because it's what I study. So I teach about paleontology, 
but I'm not a paleontologist. But what a nice, what a nice comment. You're, it's very kind of you, Devonch. So where did I find fossils? I find fossils all over North America. I've dug up fossils in California. I've dug them up in Montana, Utah, Wyoming, South Dakota, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, Texas, Florida, Missouri. Um, where else? Oh my gosh. Idaho, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and North Carolina. I dig them up all over. Okay. Isaac from Luxembourg. Hello, DG. I love your podcast very much. Hey, Isaac. Glad to have you with me, buddy. Isaac says, I have a question. Uh, Is Megaraptor a good predator and can it beat a Utah Raptor? Megaraptor was much bigger than Utah Raptor. So yeah, I think it could beat it. But was it a good predator? I think so. I think so, Isaac. I think Megaraptor would be an excellent predator, but Megaraptor is not a member of the raptor family. Megaraptor has the word raptor in its name, but it's not a member of the raptor family. That can be confusing, I know. So Megaraptor is a carnivore, but I believe Megaraptor is closer closer related to Spinosaurus. I believe it fits into the family of the Spinosaurids. But yeah, it could still beat Utah Raptor, even though Utah Raptor has amazing weapons. Mega Raptor is just too big for Utah Raptor, but that's a good question. And again, Isaac, glad to have you listening in Luxembourg. Okay, Marcus, age eight, from Canada, from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Hi, Dinosaur George. I listen to your podcast every time I see a new episode. And my question is, what is the strongest dinosaur? Because I hear Spinosaurus is stronger than T-Rex. Well, Marcus. Welcome, my friend. Glad you listened to my podcast. Glad that you took the time to write to me. Okay, the strongest dinosaur would be Argentinosaurus or one of the giant uh, sauropods because they're just so big. It takes a tremendous amount of power to move their body. So they would be the strongest. But if you're referring to meat eaters, actually Tyrannosaurus rex is stronger than Spinosaurus, in my opinion. It's got bigger muscles. It's more heavily built. Even though Spinosaurus is bigger, think about this, Marcus. If you had a giraffe and an elephant, who would be taller? The giraffe. Who would be stronger? The elephant. Well, that's kind of the sort of the same thing with Spinosaurus and T-Rex. Yes, Spinosaurus is longer and taller, but in my opinion, T-Rex is simply too much more powerful. Good question. Alana, age 12 from New Jersey. What's your favorite dinosaur? Well, Alana, my favorite is Allosaurus. Or do you pronounce your name Elena? Because I know everybody pronounces their names differently, and I don't want to mispronounce your guys' names. Uh, I'm going to say Alana, and if that's not how you pronounce it, well, guess what, Alana? I'm Dinosaur George. I just changed your name. What do you think about that, Missy? <laughs> you... You could pronounce it any way you want it, but I'm going to say Alana. So my favorite dinosaur, Alana, is Allosaurus. When I was a little, uh, when I was a little kid, I had a bunch of dinosaur toys, and I absolutely loved this Allosaurus toy. Loved it, and that became my favorite dinosaur. And the first dinosaur bone I ever found and picked up was the tailbone of an Allosaurus. That's fate, baby. 
All right, Gabriella, age nine, also from New Jersey. Now, I know all of you that wrote to me from New Jersey were in one of the schools that I did a virtual lesson. So I'm so glad you guys came over and you wrote to me. That's so nice of you. As a matter of fact, Gabriella is from Upshawa Elementary. Age nine, she says, do you think that there are still dinosaurs that have not been discovered? Absolutely yes. Every single one of you listening to this podcast, no matter where you are in the world, no matter how old or young you are, there are going to be new species of dinosaurs found for thousands of years. We haven't even touched the surface of how many dinosaurs may be out there. By the time it's done, there's probably going to be hundreds of thousands of species of dinosaurs. Because every single time there's a rainstorm, It can uncover a bone that was buried inches underground that nobody knew was there. And they keep finding new species. I think on average, somewhere in the world, about every three weeks, somebody finds a new species of dinosaurs. So, yes, there are going to be a ton of dinosaurs for you and for anyone else who wants to study paleontology to find. All right. Uh, Here's this last one. This is from Maya. I guess it's Maya. It's M-A-J-A. I don't think it's Maja. Maybe it is Maja, but I'm going to say Maya. And again, I've just changed your name because you're also, you also go to school with Gabriella at Upshawa Elementary School. So you wrote and said, when the asteroid hit the earth and started all the fires, did they reach the desert? What a, what a good question. One of the things I taught uh, Maya and her friends or Maja and her friends, or maybe Maja is a boy, right? Maja? Wow, this is, it may be. Okay, whatever the case, what I taught everybody was that when the asteroid hit, a lot of forest caught on fire because of the fireballs that were dropping out of the sky as the asteroid is coming in. And then it rained molten rock down on the planet because the explosion was so big and that caught forest on fire all over the world. But it would not have affected the forest, of course. The only thing that could burn in the desert is going to be the cactus, if in fact there was cactus back then. You see, the forest caught fire and the fire spread from tree to tree to tree. So the entire forest didn't catch fire at one time. It started forest fires. Well, a desert wouldn't have to deal with that because, of course, there wouldn't be any way for the flames to jump from one plant to another because usually in a desert, the plants are farther apart. Plants don't grow close to each other in the desert because they're they're competing for water. So you don't want a tree next to you because that tree will get some of the water that you want to drink from your area. Okay. Uh, And then uh, Maja also said, were the fires hot enough to make glass? Actually, when the asteroid struck the ground, it turned a lot of dirt or sand into glass. We find tiny beads of molten glass and molten rock. It was that hot. It was that hot. All right. If you guys have a question, there's a couple of ways you can ask. If you are a Patreon club member, your questions always get answered first. You can go to dinosaurgeorge.com. Click on the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page. And there's a form that you can fill out where you can ask me your questions. All right. Let's see. What should we do next? How about, how about I sing a song? Okay, here we go. Well, there was Who Would Win? 
What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops. You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. All right, that was so rude. I was going to sing a song, and then that interrupted me. So. Don't you kids want to hear me sing a song? Okay. I have a feeling every one of you little stinking kids is shaking your head no. Well, that's fine. I won't sing a song for you. Instead, we're going to do Who Would Win. Now, remember, to submit a Who Would Win, you have to be a Tyrannosaurus member of the Patreon Club. So let's go. Uh, This is from Avador, or maybe you pronounce the D. Is it Avigdor? I, I, I'm not sure if it's Avador or Avigdor, but whatever the case, you sent in a good one. Megalodon versus a Utah Raptor on the beach. Oh, man. Poor Megalodon is so huge. Utah Raptor could never, ever cut through that thick skin ever to get inside to get to its heart or its arteries or its, lung, or, or its gills. It just couldn't reach him. It's too big. It would be like you and me trying to cut up a whale with a butter knife. But all you Utah Raptor has to do is just sit there and wait. You see, when a shark gets stranded on the beach, they die very, very quickly because they have to have water flowing through their gills to breathe. So if a shark is on the beach, it's the equivalent of if you and I, if our head is stuck underwater. We cannot breathe. This poor shark wouldn't survive at all. Utah Raptor doesn't have to do anything. It just has to stay out of the way of that tail or those teeth because that thing's going to thrash around to try to get back in the water. So Utah Raptor is going to sit back and go, well, this was a lot of fun. (laughs) That's a good one. All right, Hennessy. Boy, Hennessy, your name has come up three times, and I'm glad two of the three times I called you by your right name. Hennessy writes, who would win? T-Rurk? T-Rex versus Barasaurus. Barasaurus is a very long sauropod. Super long neck, super long tail, big too. But I still think T-Rex would take a chance with this dinosaur. I think it might try to might try to attack it. But unfortunately, T-Rex is not going to be fast enough to get around its defenses. That whip-like tail would have been an amazing weapon. Its feet would have been an amazing weapon. I think if T-Rex, if if you had submitted a group of T-Rexes, they would have stood a better chance. But Hennessy, I'm going to assume that Barasaurus is going to be the winner of this particular one. That's a good one. All right, Jasper B. T-Rex versus the Skull Crawler. Ooh, from Kong Island, baby. The Skull Crawler. What a creepy-looking animal. Well, let's see. They're both on two legs, right? Skull crawlers only have front legs, right? They both have a big head. They both have sharp teeth. Man. Man. Who's going to win this battle? Man. You know what, Jasper? I'm going to think the skull crawler's going to do it. 
I think, because I think it could turn faster. I think it simply it has such a bigger head that it has a longer bite reach. I'm going to say that the skull crawler wins, but man, what a crazy one that would be. All right, Owen. And by the way, I have a lot of kids named Owen. So Owen asked Sukamimus versus Ceratosaurus. Okay, first, Owen, I want to tell you this. I talked to Dr. Robert Bacher, who one time told me that there were some big Ceratosauruses, bigger than what most people think. So I'm thinking Ceratosaurus, if it's as big as Dr. Bacher told me it could have been, I believe Ceratosaurus would have been the victor in this fight. Because Ceratosaurus has four claws, a strong bite, super long teeth. And it even, I think Ceratosaurus even has little pieces of body armor on its back and sides. Suchomimus is big, but I'm going to say that I'm going to give this fight to Ceratosaurus. I think he can win. All right, so that was Owen. Now here's Owen Ceratops. Owen Ceratops says, Triceratops versus Minmi versus Spinosaurus. Whew. Well, Minmi is a little ankylosaur, a little notosaur. He doesn't stand a chance. That poor little guy doesn't stand a chance. He's not going to last two rounds. I love Minmi, but Minmi's Min-Me's out in the second round. And that leaves Triceratops and Spinosaurus. Now, even though Spinosaurus has him in size, Spinosaurus probably does not spend a lot of its time fighting other dinosaurs. Spinosaurus appears to be eating fish, and that means fish usually don't fight back. So I don't know if Spinosaurus would possess the fighting skills. I'm going to say that your Triceratops, Mr. Owen Ceratops, I'm going to say your Triceratops is going to win because Spino won't know how to defend himself. All right, Caleb. Caleb the Velociraptor, by the way. Caleb Velociraptor says who would win. Six Dilongs versus six Truodons. Well, Caleb Velociraptor, if it would have been one Dilong versus six Truodons, I would have said Truodon would have stood a chance. But a one-on-one fight, no matter how many are on each side, Dilong simply has too many weapons, too powerful, and too much bigger than poor little Truodon. Truodon is a speed machine, but he's not really made for taking on big game. He's made for catching lizards and snakes and little dinosaurs and bugs. The fight goes to... Six Dilongs. All right, this next one is from Dinosaur Gideon. Allosaurus versus T-Rex versus Indominus Rex versus Indoraptor. All right, Dinosaur Gideon. Why did you throw my Allosaurus in here when you knew he wasn't going to survive? But here's what I think would happen. Allosaurus would immediately turn towards Indoraptor. That would be a fight between Allosaurus and Indoraptor. Allosaurus is going to win that fight. So now it's Allosaurus, Rex, and Indominus. Allosaurus looks at T-Rex and Indominus and says, Would you guys excuse me for a minute? I think I left my lights on in my car in the parking lot. I'll be right back. And then they hear the sound of squealing tires as Allosaurus gets in his car and gets out of there. Because nobody wants to be in the ring with the king of the dinosaurs and Indominus Rex, the emperor of the dinosaurs. Nobody wants to be in that ring with these two titans. And they are going to go at it. They are going to fight and chomp and scream. But I am still going to give the fight to JW's favorite dinosaur, Tyrannosaurus Rex, because it 
is brought up fighting. Indominus was made in a laboratory. You cannot inherit your fighting skills from a test tube. Rex has the advantage. It knows how to fight. It knows what it's doing in a fight. Poor Indominus is like, I'm big and I'm bad. And I can bite and snap with these teeth, but I don't know what else to do. So in my opinion, Rex is going to be the victor of all four of those. And then finally, Hunter from New York City. I used to go to New York City every four months. I had a television show on the History Channel called Jurassic Fight Club. If any of you want to see me in my younger days, back before I shaved all my hair off, you can look up Jurassic Fight Club, and it was my TV show. So I used to go there all the time, and I love New York City, by the way. Hunter says, T-Rex versus Tarbosaurus. Nice. You've got the Asian Tyrannosaur versus the North American Tyrannosaur. Well, T-Rex is bigger in all categories. Not by much but by quite a bit. And even though these two dinosaurs are relatively evenly matched, I still believe Tyrannosaurus Rex is going to be the victor. All right. It is time to interview a Tyrannosaurus Rex member. Would you like to be interviewed on a future podcast episode? Well, now you can. Become a Tyrannosaurus member of our Patreon club, and you might be chosen for an interview with Dinosaur George. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com to join the club. And now, let's meet a Tyrannosaurus Club member. All right, the Tyrannosaurus member this time is my little buddy Anderson. Anderson, how are you doing? Good. Good. So, Anderson, before we get started, how old are you? Six. Six. Wow. Are you married yet? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I don't want to rush you into anything. I waited till I was seven before I went ahead and got married because there's no reason to rush into it, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, Anderson, you are six years old. Now, do you have any brothers or sisters? No. So, you are it. Very good. And what state do you live in? Do you know which state you live in? New York. In New York. Wow. Brooklyn, New York. Where? Brooklyn, New York. Oh, wow. Um, I used to go to New York every three months. Back when I, I used to have a TV show on the History Channel. And our headquarters were in New York, so I would go to visit, and I loved New York. It's beautiful. So, how long have you liked dinosaurs? Have you loved them your whole life or just recently? My whole life. Your whole life. And I don't blame you. Do you have a favorite dinosaur? Despletiosaurus. Wow! Why did you choose Despletiosaurus? Why Why is he your favorite? Uh, because he's awesome and he looks exactly like T-Rex. Yeah. Despletosaurus is one of the carnivores that, in my opinion, Anderson, that's a dinosaur that is made for attacking ceratopsians, like triceratops and that. Despletosaurus is sort of a is sort of a brute, sort of a heavy-duty one. So it's sort of like, like you said, he looks a lot like T-Rex. It wasn't as big as T-Rex, but was still a very big dinosaur 
Have you ever got to see uh, Despletosaurus teeth before? Have you ever got a chance to see them? They're big. They're really big. Despletosaurus teeth are very big. So his teeth are sort of like T-Rex's. Not as big, but pretty close. Yeah, they're definitely not as big as bananas. I ate a banana I, today. You ate a banana. So you ate a Tyrannosaurus Rex tooth today? Everybody always says it's as big as a banana. Did it taste like it? No. So you got a, so your mom fed you a dinosaur tooth for breakfast. Okay. I, I don't want I don't want to cause any trouble, but that's not a very good cook if she's cooking you T-Rex teeth. I only had it fresh. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just checking. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in your household. All right. <laughs> so Despletosaurus is your favorite, and I don't blame you. Do you have a favorite toy, or do you have a favorite book of dinosaurs? Do you, let's start with toys. Do you have any dinosaur toys that you really like a lot? So basically, my favorite. To- you dinosaur- can't walk away. <laughs> my favorite dinosaur sure can. Toy is this toy, Suchomimus? Oh, nice. So you have tenorensis. Do you know who his cousin is? Do you know who Suchomimus's cousin is? Baryonyx and Spinosaurus. Nicely done. So They're since- also relatives to your favorite dinosaur, Allosaurus. Nice. So <laughs> since Suchomimus is a cousin of Baryonyx and Spinosaurus, what do you think Suchomimus eats? Fish. Fish. Very- jaws are like a crocodile. Yeah, that's right. It has long, skinny nose that's like a crocodile. But what does it have on its hand? Does it have little claws, or little claws, or big claws? It has big claws, and especially its middle finger has a huge claw for plucking fish right out of the water. That's exactly right. That's probably what it was for. Now, how do you think scientists figured out what Suchomimus ate? How do we know what it eat? Can can you take a guess? I think because they found fish ones in its stomach. There you go. Are you sure you're only six? I think you're 26. No, I'm really six. Are you sure? I you still know a lot about dinosaurs, and I'm going to be a paleontologist when I grow up. What do you mean, going to be? I think you're one now. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're right. They found fish bones inside the stomach, which means that's what it ate before it died. That's absolutely excellent. And you're right. They have that long, skinny nose. That was used as a way to catch its prey. That's very good. And what dinosaur is that? Is that a, what is that? Carnotaurus. You're holding like a, a Carnotaurus. That's a nice one. I like Carnotaurus. Carnotaurus yeah. is kind of small. Do you know how many fingers Carnotaurus had? Uh, three because it, it's on this table. It has four. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Tiny little fingers. Tiny little fingers. And its arms are even shorter than T-Rex. That's imagine four fingers on two arms that can barely reach. Well, T-Rex has like these long arms. Right. It basically has three small claws. Correct. Nice. Very good. I'm very proud of you. That's very good. Now, what about books? Do you have any dinosaur books? Yeah, I'm going to get one. All right, go ahead and get one. We'll have to describe it visually to our listeners. <laughs> Oh, what have you got? Whoa, what is that? My big dinosaur book. Oh, yeah, baby. That's a good book. It has lots of different dinosaurs, and I'm going to flip to the first page. 
and you're going to see a cool dinosaur on there. All right. Who's on here? Can you point it to the camera? Oh, is that my favorite Allosaurus? Yeah, that's your Allosaurus. Thank you, buddy. How did you know that was my favorite? Uh, you basically say it almost every single podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that just means that just means I'm very I'm very predictable. You're right. I love Allosaurus. It is my favorite dinosaur, and that book looks great. So. Um, what is that one? That is the Atlas of Dinosaur Adventures. That's kind of a cool that's book, an and actual, I like the cover. That's not just the dinosaurs. It has pterosaurs. It has sharks. Oh, wow. Moses, Sordas. Oh, those, that's great. And I'm glad. It has um, crocodilians. Like, it also has one crocodilian. Can you guess who this guy is? Is it Dinosuchus? Or is it Sarcosuchus? It's Sarcosuchus. Nice. Nice. There's a Sarcosuchus page. That's great. That sounds like a good book. And I'm very proud of you that you read books. Let me tell you a secret. When you read a book, what you read stays inside of your brain longer than if you watch something on a TV show or a movie or a video. When we watch videos, some of our mind is looking at the animals moving, but when you read a book or you listen on the radio or you, uh, or, well, like I said, read a book, your brain listens and pays more attention to all of it. So I'm very proud of it. My Moses, the Mosasaurus in the picture actually doesn't have the counter shading. He's green. Ah. Well, sometimes some artists may not add counter shading, but you have to remember we don't always know what color these animals were. But so it, you do know that Mosasaurus is countershading. Hey, well, they probably were. on the front that's countershading. There you so go. Right there. Oh, yeah. There you go. And what is countershading? Explain what that is, please. Countershading is so he has white on the belly and black on the top. And if you're on. If you're above the Mosasaurus, the Mosasaurus. Then you'll only see the black top, and you'll just think that's the ocean floor, but that's really a predator. Nice. And what if you're, and if you're under, under it? It looks like the out the sunlight. Right. Another mosasaur on the page doesn't really have counter shading, but it's white and blue. Right. Well, that and that's an excellent point. When somebody draws a picture of a prehistoric animal, they they should use animals alive today that are similar to help them understand. So what animal lives in the ocean today that is a predator that has countershading? Great white shark. There you go, baby. The great white shark. So that's exactly why the artist in that book added it. Because they're both predators. They both live in the ocean. They both want the same camouflage. And counter shading is it. So what about, so since we've talked about mosasaurs and crocodilians, what are some of the other animals, not dinosaurs, but what are some of the other prehistoric animals that you think are interesting? Well, I think plesiosaurs, prehistoric sharks like megalodon, and pterosaurs are very interesting. I agree with you. 
I agree. Why do you like plesiosaurs? Because they're sort of like four-legged, shorter-tailed sauropods, and I like short sauropods, and they are, and they're also fish eaters. Nice. And tell me what it is about the pterosaurs that you like. Uh, they basically almost all of them have one thing in common. They eat fish. Some eat other dinosaurs, like Hexagopteryx. Right. Right. Now, was that a little pterosaur, a medium, a big, or a giant pterosaur? It's like the biggest pterosaur I know of. <laughs> then that is giant. You are correct. Now, did you, because you are a Patreon member, did you get to be in our class when we did a class on pterosaurs? No. Oh, I'm going to have to figure out a way to repeat that class because there are a couple of giant pterosaurs. Some of them are absolutely gigantic, like Quetzalcoatlus and... But he's uh, not nearly as big as Hexagopteryx. Yeah, there's one called Aramborgiania. That one what? is the biggest. That's big. Yeah, it's a big one. So there were giant pterosaurs, and you're right, those pterosaurs ate... They probably ate dinosaurs. They probably ate anything they could catch. They probably ate, uh, even ate small prosauropods. Sure they could. Or other pterosaurs. They could eat other pterosaurs. Yeah, small pterosaurs. But I think they had a hard time catching them. And, and that may be true. Now, they're, what about... They're much slower because they're huge. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. What about some of the mammals like saber-toothed cats, giant bears, woolly mammoths, Dogs. Do you like any of those kind of animals too? I like, I like saber-toothed cats. I like every single aged animal too. Do you? And I mean, like, there's a silly movie of talking mammals, and they go in, and just underneath them, there's just dinosaur world. True. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the movie with that little scrat, that little thing that looks like a rat that has two big saber tooth? I'm pretty sure that's a saber tooth squirrel, and yes, <laughs> you're right. A saber tooth squirrel carries seed. <laughs> yeah, I've Funny seen movie ever. Yeah, I've seen that movie. All I know is poor Scrat can never go get that acorn because something always happens to him. That's the best part of the movie. He loses it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about. Other things you like that are not dinosaur. Like, for instance, do you like sports? Do you like to play games? What What other things do you like to do? Uh, I like to eat candy. You like to eat? Well, that makes you 100% boy. I get it. You like to eat candy. That's I very good. Does your, mom, does your mom let you eat all the candy you want? Uh, yes. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You said yes, and your mom's sitting right there, and she's like, uh, No. <laughs> you got a guitar? And there's like this button here. Ah, I just turned it on. No, you you can play the guitar. Can you play the guitar for me for a minute? Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever, it's Anderson. Let's hear it, buddy. <laughs> and let me let me tell you all. Anderson is playing that guitar over the back of his head. He's jamming. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jimi Hendrix. We appreciate the concert. So Anderson is a, is a heavy metal guitar player. Nicely done. 
What about sports? Do you like anything like? Yeah, like I like soccer. Really? Do you play soccer? Yep. In our backyard, we have a small soccer. We have basically three soccer balls, probably more, probably four. Wow. So, are you good at soccer? Really good. I always trick my parents. So nice. like, I'm all, like I'm going to shoot that side, but I'm really going to shoot that side. There you go. That's the best part. That's the best part when you're up. Yeah, I trick my parents a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, that so, makes it more fun. So I could tell, tell them I'm going to go from that side, but I'm really going from that side. There you, well, don't give away your secrets. They'll hear you. We can't uh, give away your secrets. They know it. But you still get away with it, huh? Yeah, I still get away with it. Nice. Believe me. <laughs> so let's talk about the Patreon Club. Do you like the the Patreon Club? Do you enjoy? Yeah, it? Uh, and I especially like that I'm in Tarantula's member because I love swimming. Who would wins? Yeah, well, you're you have a who would win. All right, tell me. Tell but me it's not going to include you. Well, good. Thank you, kid. Everybody throws me in with these things. <laughs> so you tell me your who would win, and I'll answer it right now. Spinosaurus versus Sukumimus versus Irritator versus Dinosaur Joey. Oh, you rotten little kid. You threw me in there versus anyway. Versus a trilobite. You stick versus a trilobite. What is a trilobite going to do? You right. versus three Spinosaurus versus a trilobite. So, okay. So here's what would happen. First of all, Spinosaurus is going to eat Sukumimus and uh, Baryonyx. So uh- I said irritator. He's probably oh, irritator. Irritator. He's oh, he does. He loves him. The only problem when he eats irritator is that irritator gives him indigestion. And that's why it irritates him. <laughs> Look, in 10 years, kid, that's going to be a hilarious joke to you. Okay. <laughs> so Spinosaurus eats irritator and gets a stomach ache. Sukumimus comes in and eats Spinosaurus. Uh, Sukumimus is way smaller than the Spinosaurus. Yeah, but he was way hungrier. So he eats the Spinosaurus, but he (laughs) doesn't eat the sail. He uses that as a plate and he puts the Spinosaurus on it and he uses a little (laughs) knife and fork and he cuts up his dinner because he's very polite. (laughs) Then the trilobite comes over, but nobody realizes the trilobite jumps up on top of the Sukumimus makes a scary face, and the Sukumimus dies of fright. <laughs> that leaves Dinosaur George versus a trilobite. <laughs> I've got one super weapon, kid. I've got, oh, the, ult- I got the ultimate weapon, baby. What is the ultimate weapon? What if he, what if he curls up into a wall and you just throw him at a tree and then he bonks back in your face? <laughs> Okay, that's actually pretty funny. <laughs> that was actually better than my lousy joke. So we're going to go with that. So, yes, I bring in my super weapon, which is my underarms of doom. And when I curls into the ball and doesn't even you. Right, he curls up in a ball, so he's immune to the stink bomb. And then I pick him up and throw him, and he hits a tree and bounces back and hits me in the head and wins. So your lousy trilobite wins the contest. What kind of a who would win is that? I actually have two more. Oh, great. Oh, that's just great. But they both don't include you. Allosaurus versus Dimetrodon. Ooh, I like that one. Well, let's see. Dimetrodon 
might have, well, he's definitely got big claws. He definitely has sharp teeth. But Allosaurus is so much taller. I don't know if Dimetrodon could get in there to bite. You know what I mean? Like just before he can get there. And it depends on that sail. Like, is that sail strong enough to keep Allosaurus from biting through it? Or could Allosaurus bite it like a potato chip? He could just bite it like a soft potato and it would just go bang. I think you're right. So that, that would mean Allosaurus would definitely win. And I think Allosaurus would win. All right, tell me your last one. Do you have one more? Yeah, Desplaniosaurus versus T-Rex. Whoa, versus baby. Allosaurus versus Dinosaur George. You stinking kid. <laughs> you did it again. You naughty, <laughs> you naughty little kid. All right. Despletosaurus is faster than T-Rex. Despletosaurus gets around behind T-Rex, trips him, bites him, and wins. Allosaurus looks at Despletosaurus and says, man, you're too big. I'm going to make a run for it. So Allosaurus runs away, and that leaves me and Despletosaurus. <laughs> and here comes the battle, baby. The first thing I do is run over. I open my mouth. And I bite the tail of the Despletosaurus. I don't think you can actually bite a tail. Yes, I can, because I have super teeth. So I bite the tail of Despletosaurus. And Despletosaurus turns, looks, and starts crying and says, Dude, why did you just bite my tail? What did I do to you? And I'm like, back up, buddy, because I got double stink bombs coming in. And the Despletosaurus eats me, and that's the end of me. Wait a minute. What did I just say? No, I don't mean that. <laughs> I won. I you said no, 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 no. Don't repeat it, child. I made a mistake. I won. You heard me say I win. So the Despletosaurus, you said the Despletosaurus. No. You. <laughs> you little cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. I can't you. You well, you know what? Good thing I'm not recording this, so nobody will ever hear. Wait a minute. We are recording it. Oh, great. That's just great. So I got eaten by a Despletosaurus, all because Anderson threw me in the ring with it. I have one more, but it's not gonna include you, and that's the truth. Okay, well, I've heard this so many times. What's your last one? Really, Indoraptor versus Dilophosaurus versus Allosaurus versus Despletiosaurus. Actually, not Despletiosaurus. Let me think for a sec. Versus. Your dad. One Velociraptor. Your dad is a Velociraptor? No, just one <laughs> Velociraptor and not my dad. So your dad is not a Velociraptor? Yeah. Why did you say he was a Velociraptor? Does I he have a does he growl all the time? When he gets up in the morning, does he walk around growling and making noises? Probably not. Well, that's a dad. They all do that. All right. So your dad is... <laughs> One of these days, Anderson, you're going to be like 20 years old and you're going to hear this interview and you go, you know, that guy was really kind of crazy. All right. So who's going to win? <laughs> who's going to win that battle? Now, who were you fighting? You said it was it's a chicken. A way battle. So there's one more. Okay. So it's a chicken versus a skunk versus your dad. Versus a Velociraptor versus your mom. Okay, so those five. No! Okay. 
Oh, here's what would happen. First of all, Wait, robot. Oh, okay, go ahead. It's not that. Oh, well, what did what did you say? Supermarmus versus Allosaurus versus the Pleiosaurus. Actually, remember not test Pleiosaurus versus right. the Velociraptor versus uh, Indoraptor. Yeah. yeah. These two guys against Allosaurus and Velociraptor. Wow. And then there is, a, so that will make it four, four. Look, I'm having enough trouble remembering a two-way battle. How am I supposed to remember five, including your dad and your mom? Which I don't understand why you like. And then on top and of that, you said. And then there's Megalodon. Megalodon can't get out of the water. Well, where's this fight going to take place? In the ocean? Um, in a lake. Oh, okay. Well, then clearly, there's only one animal that could beat all 17 of the animals you just mentioned. There was only one. That is a penguin. See, penguins are the super predators of the world, and nobody knows that a penguin eats <laughs> elephants. So elephants in Africa, no, the reason why, the no, reason why no, 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 it's Megalodon that's going to win. He's going to eat all three of them because they're all of them because they're standing in the water. Oh, well, my guess is going to be, do you want to know why there's no elephants on the North Pole? Because so pen- you mean too cold. Yeah. Penguins ate them. I told you penguins eat elephants. So everywhere you see a penguin, you never see an elephant. That's proof that penguins eat elephants. But well, fish, so Megalodon is the winner for my battle because he ate them all. Wait, Megalodon is a fish. Penguins Mystic. eat fish. You just said penguins eat fish. So once again, the penguin eats the Megalodon and we Nope, the peng- penguins weren't included. So I'm just going to just, since these two are in now, I'm just going to face this guy against Megalodon. Oh, and Sukumimus versus Megalodon. That's a pretty good battle, but I do believe Megalodon is simply too big. All right, Mr. What Anderson. If, what if Sukumamus gets out of the water and just bites the tail of him and drags him onto the water, out of the water, and then the, then the Megalodon would just die? That's true. That's assuming that Sukumamus can drag 52 tons with his teeth. That'd be I'm tough. Sure he's much... I'm pretty sure he's a little bit lighter, but he's still pretty powerful. You are how correct. Do you think, how do you think he pulls a five-ton fish out of the water? Uh, that would be huge. But Megalodon is 50 tons. That's a big that's a big fish. But maybe he could. All right, Anderson, we have people listening in 71 different countries all over the world. <laughs> Is there anything you would like to say to all of the people, to all the kids all over the world? Would you like to say hello to all those kids? Would you say hello from New York? What would you like to say to kids all over the world? Well, that was the best. And you're waving with two hands, by the way. You can't hear that. But Anderson was waving with two hands. Well, Anderson, I hope you enjoyed this. Thank you, mom and dad, for setting this up. And Anderson, did you have a good time? Yeah. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you very much, buddy. Say goodbye to everybody. Bye. All right, my little buddy. A special thank you to your mom for saving us. Because when I recorded that podcast, 
we had an electrical problem and our copy sounded terrible. And I was going to have to re-record the entire interview. But fortunately, mom made a recording and was nice enough to send it. So I'm so sorry that it took so long to get this, this recorded interview out. But we did. Thank you, mom, for saving it. I hope everybody enjoyed today's podcast. I hope you learned something new. Remember, your project, if you would like to do it, is to go to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page and post a picture, a drawing, or pictures of your pterosaur toys. If you have a long-tailed rampharynchoid, set it next to your short-tailed pterodactyloid. Doesn't matter if you have them both or not, but if you learned, I just want you to separate them. If you like to draw pictures, draw me a picture of anyone you like. Remember, pterosaurs are not dinosaurs. They are related, but they are not dinosaurs. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please consider becoming a Patreon member. It starts as low as $1 a month and you get private lessons with me and the other members. If you would like to hire me for your birthday party or for your school or your group, I hope you'll do that. And you can do all of this through the dinosaurgeorge.com website. Until next time, tell your friends about this podcast. Be safe, everybody. Take care of yourselves and have a great day. And I will see you guys soon. Listening to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club, and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks, and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge.